Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. You, you trip me up with that countdown. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Welcome to the fucking show, people. This is the Candlestick Kids Podcast, aka TCK Pod. We're here at episode 364. I am Dweez Nuts, your favorite everything. With me, as he was last Thursday, as he will be, I believe, most of this offseason, it's Lucas Kaser, everybody. Lucas, say something meaningful. Well, last well, we didn't record last Wednesday, but last time we recorded, it was like negative twenty here, and it was forty-five yesterday. So we had a sixty-degree swing, and everyone was outside wearing shorts. It's pretty crazy. I don't know. We're gonna talk some tight ends. Um, it, no matter what we say today, just draft Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, or George Kittle <laughs> next year. Like it's it's a, that's what I tried to preach last year, and for and Mark Andrews, he wasn't bad as much as bad as people thought, but just draft those guys. But we're gonna break down. I don't know, some breakout potentials, some uh, value checks. It's probably, this is probably more of a dynasty-based show, I would say, or like, Maybe. I don't know. Like, we don't have to, like, look at it from a dynasty lens, but I think this is more important to the dynasty players that don't have Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or Waller on their team. Yes, 10 out of every 12 fantasy leagues, uh, redraft fantasy leagues, uh, I guess 10 out of every 10, 12 players in every redraft fantasy leagues won't even look at the tight ends until draft day in their 10th or 11th round, which is the right answer. Because if you're not taking one of those top couple guys, like you said, tight end is a throwaway fucking position. But for today's episode, it is the most important position in the world. Um, we are doing the review, the tight end review. It's the final one of these positional reviews that we've been doing here on TCK. Uh, and we're going to hit you with it so that we can get off of 2020 and start really moving into 2021. Like Lucas said, we're going to do a little preview. We're going to talk about some maybe potential breakouts for that 2021 season um, for the dynasty player that's thinking about this shit now, trying to make some trades leading up to the rookie draft now. Uh, before we do that, as you know, I'm on Twitter, Dweez Nuts, all Z's, no S's. Lucas is on Twitter, Lucas underscore Kaser2 on Twitter. You can also find Bobby FFX Factor on Twitter. And then Sky, uh, odd man out. He likes to live on Instagram. Go hit him up, fantasy football underscore TCK pod there. Uh, TCKpod.com is where you can find our stuff. Find the podcast everywhere. And hopefully by now, you've realized that we're on YouTube as well. We have a YouTube channel. I know you want to know what we look like. Uh, I'm far more attractive than you expected. Lucas, you're, you're probably right about what people assume based on the probably, sound. Yes, yeah, probably. 
but you got those sweet ass AirPods that makes me think you're big money. Um, let's uh, let's get into this. Let's talk about the tight ends from 2020. Uh, real quick review on how they did. Maybe a real small insight on each of these guys into 2021, or at least why they performed where they did in 2020. Uh, if we break these down to tiers, there's two of them worth talking about at the top of this list. It's Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, who were neck and neck most of the season. If you had them, great. If you didn't, you were probably scrambling all season long to find a replacement. Yeah, I think it was uh, when when we made the takes of draft Travis Kelsey or like I was pro drafting Kelsey Kittle, or I would say my most owned was Mark Andrews, just kind of how the drafts went. But I had a lot of Kelsey. Like, this is not us saying we were right because no one was projecting Kelsey to have the best fantasy season by a tight end by like four, I think it was like 40 points or something stupid like that. I don't even know what it actually was. So exciting. Yes, Kelsey's going to regress, but like, I think people like still like don't understand the concept of like why he's such a good fantasy tight end because like yeah he's a good tight end we can make the take that Waller and Kendall are probably better football players but like his target share is not changing until this team adds a wide receiver one because he is the wide receiver one right like and that's not changing because they're not going to add a wide receiver one because they have Tyree Kill so year in and year out he's going to be the one I see people try and rank like Kittle and Waller and Andrews ahead of him in dynasty because he's 30 30 doesn't matter years old. Like the age does not matter for him because he just runs the same route every single play. So yeah, don't, he's going to regress, but he's still going to be the tight end one. The, the Waller part. I don't know. I have a different take. Cause like, yes, he was a good fantasy pick, but like, I don't know. Like, were you happy with him in fantasy the whole year? Like, his game log looked good. He had a lot of games. I was counting. It says 11 top 12 weeks. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I got, like, mixed vibes from him. I don't know if it's a product of, like, rugs didn't really work out, Brian Edwards didn't play, or if this is the role he's going to have, or, like, what are your thoughts for him kind of going forward? If, I guess he's the tight end two or maybe three if Kittle's up there locked in, or do you think we're going to see a little bit of regression for him? Well, if we think back to 2019 when he first kind of hit the stage, I mean, he's been in the league for a long time. He's an older guy. I think he's 29. Um, If you look back to 2019 when he first hit the stage, it was was him and Josh Jacobs that were all the work on this offense and then in the offseason you know they went and drafted some you know at the 12 overall or 16 whatever it was overall rugs they went and picked up other receivers and everybody thought okay they're going to spread the ball out wide receivers are going to be a thing and you know what they just weren't again mm-hmm. this offseason people are going to say oh it's only because of the injuries to the wide receiver core next year it's going to be the wide receiver core and you know guess what man they're fucking wrong again it's going to be Darren Waller again and Josh Jacobs will get some of his we talked about running backs last week but Darren Waller I think is here to stay at least for the next two or three years now it it, it's worth mentioning that like Derek Carr's status in in Las Vegas is up in the air right I don't know how much that changes things but there's going to be some potential changes on that offense but I think Darren Waller is a locked and loaded volume and potential big play tight end for a long time. I mean, look, just look at these scores, right? On the season, Kelsey scores 313 PPR points. Darren Waller had 279. The next best was at 176. 
it's not like he was just the wide receiver two or tight end two rather. He blew number three out of the fucking water. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he can regress from 17 points a game down to 14 points a game and stay right where he is in the top three. I think he's easy. He's a guy that you absolutely, absolutely want on your team. And if you don't want to draft Kelsey in the first round, you can take Waller in the second round and you'll, you'll be okay. Yeah, it is interesting. Cause like, I think, kind of the same aspect of the whole when I asked you the question of like will the market um will the market go back to like for running backs will they not take them in the first round but we both said that we think they're going to take more running backs in the first round like this whole tight end aspect uh the only ADP I have is tight end premium and Waller's going on the turn round one two right where Kittle's going so like I don't know he'll be what a third round pick probably I would say in normal leagues probably yeah, probably right around a two-three turn is where where I'm guessing because people are going to try to capitalize. I think mm. over the last couple of seasons, what Kelsey and Kittle have done, they've they've proven to fantasy owners that there's going to be two or three guys that will be sort of a cheat code, right, to help you score points where other people just won't score points. Okay, so so I think around the two-three turn is where where he'll go if he gets to you in the middle of the third it's a no-brainer smash that that pick every day but mm-hmm. um we'll see long season long off season to go i do want to mention this right 21 points a game for kelsey we had that 17 and a half for waller george kittle finished the tight end 19 but george kittle is still george kittle right only yeah. played eight games but he had 15 and a half points per game so if he would have played enough he would certainly be in this top tier because Nobody else had more than 12 points per game at the position. Yeah. Um, but he's not technically in this this top 12, so he's not technically in the top tier. Let's look at the second tier of guys here. Uh, and, and there are three guys who scored exactly the same amount of points per game. Um, and then uh, and I'll throw, I'll throw a fourth on here as well. Robert Tunyon, big surprise in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers found him, decided he liked him. Um, I personally think it was as much a punishment to guys like MVS as it was a boon to Robert Tunyon that that Aaron Rodgers just felt like throwing it to him rather than these guys that drop the ball all the time. Uh, Logan Thomas right up here. Another surprise for some people, although there were a small handful of analysts tooting his horn going into this season. TJ Hawkinson in his second year in Detroit had a nice little year, ends tight end five. And we'll throw Mark Andrews in here as well. All those guys scored more than 170 points. Um, Mark Andrews is on that offense that like volume's never going to be a thing, but he is the premium target in Baltimore. So out of these guys, who do you like? Who do you think actually has staying power? And who was a fluke that we should forget about immediately? Yeah, I think, well, I think the process of like, we see this every year where like people are like, well, I could have just had these three guys, these four guys. Yeah, like I could have had these three guys and not taken tight end early and been fine. But like this was such an outlier season on the aspect of Kelsey and Waller and the fact that you there were, we don't ever see two tight ends off waivers go third and fourth and fantasy finish. Um, just just because it's I mean it's just not that's just not what it is, right? Like this was such yeah. an outlier season. Um, sure you can bank on Logan Thomas with X quarterback going into next year. Like it's just it's just not sustainable in the sense Tanyan still get kind of like I don't know um because they have uh the guy they drafted last year that's like the fullback tight end he barely played at Burger. Now they drafted someone else too. Um oh 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 uh, oh the guy with a D someone with a D. 
Deguara, I think. Yeah. yeah so like, that's it. I don't know. Like, it's just weird because they were such in like a depth chart scramble of like, well, they went out the job, they ended up winning out the job, and then it just kind of sort of worked out. Granted, your team is probably pretty good if you pick them up off waivers, but like they still weren't winning you games. And hypothetically, you want your waivers to win you games in a sense. Um, Hawkinson was perfectly following the, the the hit rate charts, the progression of a tight end that he should in year two. He should build off it in year three. But then getting Jared Goff kind of makes me scared that that progression is now going to be kind of halted in a sense because um, it's just not going to be as explosive an offense for like when you, which the guy will probably talk about in our breakout guys. Like we want that year three to be like when this offense is hitting, when they're going to be explosive, when they're going to be running a lot of plays because a guy like Hawkinson can actually make plays. But uh, with Jared Goff, maybe no Kenny Galladay, maybe no Marvin Jones. I don't see much explosiveness happening in that offense. And then Mark Andrews, kind of one of those people complained about his season, but he didn't, he didn't lose you the season in the sense of you drafted him in the fourth round. He just didn't win you your league in that sense. Um, I was pretty big on him and Lamar because I thought they were going to, they were, they were, they were going to run more plays because hypothetically, if the, the, the luck regression or the touchdown regression was supposed to come down, which it did, they should be running more, more plays because they're having less explosive plays, less, um, more time on offense, hypothetically kind of worked out. They threw the ball less, ran the ball more. Um, I don't know. We'll see kind of going forward. They like lost like all their coaches. I saw some tweet like the, the, oh gosh, um, the wide receiver coach is now the Texans head coach. The running back coach just went to like LSU. Um, obviously, they still have their two head coaches or their head coach in the OC, but like they're going to be in some turnover. Uh, so it'll be interesting for them. But Andrews is in the same aspect of like this team's probably not going to add a receiver. So like he's going, I don't know, in these tight end premium, like he's going in round three, like he's going in the same. In a tight end premium league, he's going in the same spot he was going in a standard league, like or in a PPR league last year. So, like, he's pretty good value, I think, if you're doing drafts right now. Because, I mean, 12 points per game or whatever, like 17 in tight end premium in round three is pretty solid um, for a round three pick. Yeah, fourth most points per game for this guy. And a lot of it came on touchdowns. You'll probably get him around five in a, in a non-tight end premium league um like andrews like i like hawkinson there as well especially as they lose some of those pieces we saw higby succeed with jared goff granted it was a different offense um but potential there and, and you know if robert tunyon is a top five tight end next season in 2021 i'll do a fully nude episode on our youtube channel um because it's not going to happen it's just yeah. not going to happen before we do the back half of this list uh, I guess the question for you is this. Would you ever bother buying a tight end jersey? Would you want one? Like, are you? Do, do we get a Gronk jersey after he sets a touchdown record and scores two touchdowns to win the Super Bowl? Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, Kelsey, yeah. Kittle. I'll tell you what. The Kittle lovers out there are fucking Kittle diehards. Um, if you're one of those guys and you're thinking to yourself, Kittle is guaranteed to finally beat Kelsey in 2021, I think you should go buy his jersey. And I think you should buy it from our guys over at the Jersey Jungle. You can find them on Instagram. It's the best way to get them at Jersey Jungle on Instagram. These dudes make incredible, high-quality jerseys. They look fucking great. And they cost half the price, literally half the price, as an NFL.com jersey. Maybe it's George Kittle. 
Maybe you want to go and snag that Jared Goff Detroit Lions jersey before any of your friends have it. Probably not because the Lions fucking suck. But uh, you can get anybody. They don't just do football. They do every sport. They do custom jerseys. Uh, They do anything you want. If you buy one of them or two of them and use the code TCK, uh, just let them know that we sent you. They're going to give you 10% off. If you want to buy a three-pack of jerseys, you can get 15% off. Uh, save even more money. You can get three jerseys with our coupon code at almost the same price as one from NFL.com. So go hit them up. Jersey Jungle. Tell them we sent you. Tell them you want a tight end jersey. They may hang up on you, but uh, it's worth the shot. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the bottom half of this list. Most of these guys, all of these guys, I'm just going to put them in the same tier because they scored within five or almost all of them scored within five points of each other. So here's the list. At seven is Mike Gesicki. We got Rob Gronkowski at eight. Noah Fant, your boy, comes in at tight end nine. Hayden Hurst, who I overdrafted, I'll admit it right now, finished tight end 10. Dalton Schultz, another waiver wire wonder at 11. And Hunter Henry finishes out our list at tight end 12. All these guys scored right around 150 PPR points. Remember, Darren Waller scored 278 and Travis Kelsey scored 313. So is what it is. But uh, what do you make of the guys on this list? Maybe why they finished where they finished. Um, and if there's any reason to hope for 2021. I mean, I think the big thing is like, and I think people know what they don't want to know is like, you just take a step back and realize like these guys weren't good, right? Like, like they were like, they weren't good in the aspect of like, you start these guys, then you have to make up so many points in your other positions if your opponent had Kelsey Waller, honestly, even Tunyon, Thomas and Hawkinson, like it just wasn't, we have this every year. People are like, well, maybe they'll break out, but like what? I mean, we'll go through him here. Gusecki, he was like 16th in team target percentage with legit one other receiver that kind of played some games in Devontae Parker. Preston Williams is out. People are projecting them to draft a receiver. They're going to run the ball, maybe draft a running back. They're like, they were right in the middle of place, ran. Like, I don't there's if he couldn't command a target percentage with Jakeem Grant and Isaiah Ford as his two receivers, <laughs> I don't think he's going to do it going forward. I mean, prove me wrong, I guess. Um, but like, for as athletic as this guy is, he should have been commanding 25% target share, unless it's the coach's fault. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Like were... There is reason to hope, right? Because yeah. when Tua stepped in, he did hyper-target Gesicki. Maybe it's just a product of the fact that, look, he was trying to get comfortable in the offense, and history tells us when you're trying to get comfortable as a quarterback, you look for the biggest guy, right? So mm-hmm. maybe that's the case. But if they really do have a rapport and they can build on what we saw of them before Kasiki goes down right there at the end of the season, might be some reason to hope. Of course, as you mentioned before the show, that means Tua has to be a Miami Dolphin next year, and that's up in the air. Yeah, so I don't, I don't really know. I mean, people are going to keep saying to buy him or they're going to keep, like, touting to buy him. He, just really, he literally reminds me of Hunter Henry, who's another guy on this list where, like, it's never going to be – sustainable to actually like have him in your lineup and I think like I mean Hunter Henry was kind of banged up a little per usual but like Hunter Henry is a good example of like what the Dolphins offense like hypothetically should become in the transition they're in they should get a receiver have a Devontae Parker Mike Williams type player and then just kind of have some outlets here and there like that's kind of like what 
the offense is moving towards him. Like no one was really starting Hunter Henry last year, happy to start him. Um, so they're just kind of all in this tier. Gronk, uh, no, he only finished. <laughs> he played. He played 16 games. That's why he finished here. Like you were not starting a 9.3 points per game guy in PPR ever. Uh, Peyton Hurst, one catch, one two catches, one touchdown. That's his yeah, line. Two catches, 13 I mean, like, yards, sure, and a touchdown. If you want to roll in your lineup, go for it. I guess. Um, yeah, Noah Fant, Hayden Hurst. I think they're kind of in the same boat. I like Noah Fant, like in terms of the numbers to break out. I don't really know going forward, but him and Hurst. Um, I mean, her, the Falcons got uh, Titans OC as their as their new coach. Um, some concern maybe the plays ran will drop because they ran it with Derrick Henry. But like, unless you're giving me Derrick Henry on the Falcons, they're going to continue to throw the ball. Like Matt Ryan's not sacrificing his throwing power because they want to hand it off to Todd Gurley and Brian Hill a bunch of times. Um, so I think from a uh, team progression standpoint, Hurst can maybe bounce into the top six, seven, um, but I'm not really for sure. And then, I mean, Schultz is going to be the backup, right, to Blake Jarwin yeah. next year. So I'm not Nine sure. million dollars as Blake Jarwin's the guy. Yeah. Hunter Henry uh, is the free agent. Um, haven't really seen anything in terms of, like, if he's going to be back or tagged or – some team's going to pick him up. Um, I'm not really – I'm not really sure, like, what the tight end market's like because I feel like a lot of teams would rather just cycle through rookies or just try and produce through there rather than uh, sign a big name. We haven't really seen any – we haven't really seen in a while a lot of, like, big tight end movement that's kind of worked out um, in, in the past couple of years. Yeah, uh, the one that comes to mind would be Jerry Cook moving over to New Orleans, but uh, not a ton of that, not a ton of that for sure. On this list, the only guy I want to point out real quick before we get into our potential breakouts um, is your boy Noah Fant out there in Denver. Now, him finishing nine with with 10 points a game, it's not very promising, but one thing that we have to remember is that offense was just hot garbage last year. They couldn't get their quarterback situation figured out. The offensive line was real damn bad. Um, and they're just in general, the offense got seemed to get worse and worse every week going on. But I, if they can figure that out a little bit, stabilize a little bit, I think that the eye test tells me that Noah Fant on the list you just gave us uh, is, is the best player on that list, right? That's the guy that I would pick for my team on that list because he looked good in every facet of the game, got open when he needed to, blocked well when he needed to, was explosive when he got the ball with opportunity. I liked watching Noah Fant best on that list. So because of that eye test to me, you know, going into 2020, he's probably gonna be higher on my list than a lot of the guys that we mentioned um, ahead. Will the offense get it right? I don't know. But you know what? You know what's fun and an underrated fantasy football tactic? Pick guys you like to watch play. Okay, if you're going to spend time watching these guys play, you're probably not going to win your league anyway. Let's be honest. 11 out of 12 teams in every league is a fucking loser. Big guys you like to watch. I like to watch Noah Fant. He's going up my draft board. All right. Let's talk potential breakouts. Each of us for this segment of the show, we're going to give you one guy from that top 12 that we just named that we think could break out bump themselves up this list, maybe into the top six, maybe into the top five, probably not into the top three. We already talked about that. Then we're each going to give you one guy that was not on this top 12, didn't finish top 12 this season, that has potential to move on to the top 12, maybe even top eight, top seven, a little bit higher. Um, So guys that you might be able to put on your watch list now, leading into either your early drafts, 
or at least your early research for your uh, fall fantasy drafts. Lucas, why don't you start us off? Who on this list of top 12 do you think has the best chance of raising their stock for 2021? Yeah, my guy is Noah Fant. Um, currently, his ADP is tight end six in the tight end premium league. So it's not like we're like getting it. We're not getting a huge value because um, he is in year three uh, of the of the tight end progression and the the uh, hit rate charts you made last year uh, from 2010 to 2019. So not taking into account last year, but there was no round one tight ends last year. So actually, the numbers stay the same. Hypothetically, uh, kind of, I guess you have to move a year forward. Six tight ends in round one in that stretch, that nine-year stretch. In year three, 17%, so one hit top six, and two hit top 12. So hypothetically, we can um, chalk in, I guess you could say, like Noah Fan is a top 12 tight end. He, I think he was his rookie year, too, just based off games played. I don't really remember exactly, but it really comes down to, I mean, he's just a freak of an athlete. If you go on player profile or type in his name, 98th percentile 40 yard dash 97th percentile speed score 97th first score 96 agility 98 catch radius like he's just an athlete um his numbers like you said they uh he is six foot four 250 so he's just just big and they finally last year like because this first year he kind of had troubles with drops because we had uh uh i think his name is scangarello the the niners guy tried to do too many cute things with like little screen plays here and there and they finally just like put him in the tight end spot and let him run routes like Travis Kelsey does he was six in target share among tight ends six in overall targets so that was pretty congruent with um lining up there uh what else here I'm trying to think like seventh in receptions six in receiving yards like he was still good even though like he was still bad last year uh third in yard after catch which is like his that's where you're going to win, right? That's where you're going to – it's Darren Waller in a sense. That's where you're going to make your money in fantasy having him on your team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the the one thing backing this, which I think the market sees, is Denver was 23rd and plays ran per game. Hypothetically, getting Corton Sutton back should be getting a quarterback change. Uh, year two of Pat Sherman, we're just dead last year on injuries. We should be running more plays per game. Should be progressing more plays means a better offense, more weapons means a better offense. So just buy into just buy into the offense being better, which is in return is gonna make the good players be better. Um, but that being said, his ADP is reflective of this happening. So like I would still much rather have Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, and rather try and bank on him hitting because he's if he's going at tight end six. To get value, hypothetically, you need him to be right around the tight end eight range at worst, um, which he could easily be tied in 12. Maybe if he doesn't, doesn't catch, he catches three touchdowns instead of six touchdowns. That's the difference between those guys there. You know, the whole getting value at the position thing, I think you have to throw that out the window for tight end, right? Like tight end is not a position where you're going to find value. It's just, yeah, it just yeah. doesn't exist. You need a guy, you need production over everything else. Right. So yeah. production, I don't, if you have to draft him as tight end six, I don't give a shit. You draft him. If you think he can finish top five, top six, top eight, not because he's a value at the spot, but mm-hmm. because you need some production yeah. out of your tight end. I think, yeah, I think that's fair. Cause like that would be the case for like, why you wouldn't take Kelsey in round one. And the case I made was like, you're getting, not 20 points, but you're getting you're getting the tight end one in points per game, and you're taking that plus minus over everyone else's tight end you're playing against, plus the plus minus of everyone else is trying on all these running backs that all didn't hit last year. So yeah, I think that does make sense. Um, 
Wait, so I guess like what, I mean, I don't know. We haven't like done projections or anything, but he had 10 points per game last year. Like what would be, I don't know. Like would he hit that 12 range of Mark Andrews, the 15 range of George Kittle, like kind of like, what is, what do you think his like kind of range of outcomes is for next year? You know, I think if you can go 12, I think if you go 12 PPR points, you're winning production wise out of a tight end. Mm -hmm. Like you're not, you can't expect 15, right? You can't expect 20. Like that's not realistic outside of just a very small handful of guys. But if you can go 12 and if that offense figures it out at all, right? Like you said, it's Shermer's second year. Maybe they sort of get things right. Um, 12 is he did 10 this year on a shitty offense. So I like that, but, uh, but yeah, throw out value for tight end. You know what? Do it for quarterback too. Don't draft for value on those two positions. Draft for production first on those two positions. Here's my guy. Now, look, because we're partners on this show, I said some nice things about the guy that you were about to call a breakout potential for 2021. Clearly, you didn't reciprocate because you just spent the whole fucking first half of the show talking shit about my potential breakout um, on this top 12 list is Hunter Henry. Now I know that Hunter Henry has been on the potential breakout list for what, three years running now, four years running since he had that big rookie season. And he's, he's been too fucking banged up to deliver for you. I think this is another year. Look, he finished tight end 12. Um, While I'm talking, figure out what his ADP is. Where's he going in these tight end premiums? Uh, Because well, I know I said don't draft value, but I think you can get production out of Hunter Henry that is close to Noah Fant, if not ahead of Noah Fant. For a cheaper price, where's he at? Uh, oh, gosh, I just clicked out of God it. I don't know why. It. You were I don't supposed know why. To... I just had it up. Um, wait, you were supposed to fucking tell me. Go ahead. In like two seconds here. One, two, wait. Okay, best ball. Not good. YouTube. Tight end eight, about seven picks lower. So like this, the same spot basically. Him, him Goddard, production. and Noah. Yeah, him Goddard. And Noah I think their their production could be really similar. Now we have to we have to preface this like Hunter Henry is probably going to be a free agent. He played on a franchise tag last year in LA. I don't think they end up tagging him again. Now they do have a lot of cap space on that team. So they could sign him to a long-term contract should they choose to. If they do, I don't think that's a bad situation for Hunter Henry. We saw in some of those games with Herbert, um, he he was a reliable target for him. But I, I kind of hope he leaves. I kind of hope he goes to a new spot. I've heard a lot of talk about him in Jacksonville and the potential fit there. Um, could be really nice on what I expect to be an offense that scores a lot of points this year. Much like the Cardinals of two years ago, they may not win any games but I think they're going to score a lot of points uh, with Trevor Lawrence on that team. But uh, we'll see where he goes. It always hinges on where he goes. To me, he's probably the best tight end available on the free agent market. 6'5", you know, also 250 pounds. Um, If if you comp this guy, he's a slightly faster Zach Ertz with better hands, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And and he can block, right? So, like, he's a a good quality overall tight end that in the right system – like Zach Ertz in the right system can be really productive for fantasy purposes. It could be a, just another hopeful thing. Like I, I, I've been spouting Hunter Henry's name uh, in this same vein for years. Maybe I'm just going to do it until he retires, but I think there's some value there. So speaking of tight ends, I posted this question on Twitter. I just want to ask you real quick where you stand of the potential big name free agent tight ends. Um, which one of these guys would you like to see 
on your team? I know you have Noah Fant uh, on your Broncos, but if you didn't, uh, you got Jonu Smith probably going to be on the market. Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett hitting the market. Jared, 35-year-old Jared Cook, still productive, hitting the market. Gronk hitting the market. Even Robert Tunyon is a, is a restrictive free agent right now, could hit the market. Which of those guys would you rather see on your football team, not fantasy team, in 2021? Yeah, I mean, I think if my team needed a tight end, I, I think the answer is Janu, um, just from an athletic profile perspective. And I believe he's the youngest. I'm just looking at all the ages here. Yeah, I think he is. I don't 25. know. I, mean, I think, yeah, 25.5, Hunter Henry is 26. Yeah, they're, they're right around the same line. I don't know. I just think Janu, we saw flashes of what he could do last year. I just think he got trapped in an offense that, like, doesn't need him to be good if that makes sense like I think that their Corey Davis breakout kind of unlocked what they needed in terms of like having three weapons on their team um and John who just wasn't that so probably John who uh Everett I think is still pretty good I, I get the Hunter Henry case I also think that like from a uh like if like if you're talking like money involved, Hunter Henry's gonna command what eight nine mil, where like John New and Everett might get five six mil a year, right. like maybe. Um, so I don't know for sure, but like, what team do you think if he doesn't go back? Uh, you said Jacksonville. Like, w- would there be a team that you think would have like good fantasy value? Would it be Jacksonville, or is there other teams? Or I mean, the old, the the team that screams to me tight end value it has to be Jacksonville. I think there's there's just a ton of potential mm-hmm. there. Um, some some of the coaching turnover in New York for the Jets, like if if they stay true to who they are uh, with that offensive scheme, there could be some potential for a tight end breakout. I mean, like look at what Kittle did in San Francisco, and it's a very similar scheme yeah. that we should see in New York. Um, of course, it's the Jets though, so I don't think I want any any of my favorite no. fantasy players to go to New York, but. Uh, there, there are there are a handful of spots where I think there's some potential. Like it all, we, we always have to wait to see what the offenses actually end up looking like. But not a lot of places in the league where your tight end is going to be a stud as it is anyway. So take the places that have some potential. All right, um, next question. I, 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 you know, I'd pick Hunter Henry on that list, but that's that's just kind of me. Let's let's do one more breakout each. This time, let's take a guy that was not on this top twelve. You're not allowed to pick George Kittle because even though he finished 19, his 15 and a half points a game um, disqualify him. But who could who could people go out and pick up that didn't finish super highly this year, might be falling next year and get that production that they need? Yeah, I think Irv Smith is the guy that I think people like throw his name around and they're like, yeah, he could be good. But like this guy is like he's good. Right. Like he was a second round. Like, the, the Vikings took him at two, the pick 218 when they had literally signed Kyle Rudolph that same year, right? Like, they signed Rudolph or extended him, drafted Irv Smith. And the crazy thing with Irv Smith is, like, people think that he really wasn't that valuable. And in terms of, like, a best ball, so he played 12, 12 games or 13 games. Uh, I guess he got hurt in one, I think. Two of them, he just had zero points. I only had one target combined. Ten, five of them were top 12 weeks, five were top 24 weeks. So it was either higher than 10 points or lower than five points. So like the talent is there, like he can clearly do it. And we're just waiting on Kyle Rudolph to be done. Right. And like, I don't really know what's going to happen, but I'm saying like, you got to capitalize on this now with dynasty and best ball. Oh yes. If you're doing redraft now, I guess, or like just keep it on your radar, like, because he's going as the tight end 14, this is literally the same as last year. 
and we saw what he did over this past year. And I don't, I guess I've been seeing a lot of receivers mock to the Vikings in mock drafts. Like there's not a chance they take a receiver in the first two rounds, is there? Pro- shouldn't, shouldn't be. Shouldn't. Yeah. So I know Thielen's 31, right? So he's a foot out the door, but. Yeah, like, but this team, the Vikings team was a decent defense away from, like, maybe making a run at the NFC side of the playoffs. Like, they were a pretty good team once they caught steam after the first three games. So, they might cut Rudolph. He, he's not a cap casualty this year, um, so they can get rid of him if they want. I don't know if they will, but I'm just saying from, like, a looking at a perspective, like, go and get this guy. 87th percentile, 40-yard dash, uh, 71st percentile speed score. Played at Alabama, 30 or 14% dominator at Alabama as a tight end is pretty good. If you put it into context of who he's playing with, and he's already proven that he can give you top 12 weeks while being the what fifth option on a Vikings offense that he might be the third option in, fourth option with Dalvin Cook come next year. So he's a guy that I think is pretty solid. Uh, other guys, Austin Hooper, Hayden Hurst is on the list. Zach Ertz, pending where he goes, and then Goddard's the guy that I think you're going to talk about that uh, should should have a uh, a very, very good season uh, pending what this team does around the draft and Zach Ertz here. Uh, so just about Irv Smith real quick. I don't remember exactly what the stat was, but going into the 2020 season, um, Kyle Rudolph was like, had like the third most tight end touchdowns over the previous five seasons, like the quietest yeah. production you can get. But yeah, he, the tight end position in Minnesota has historically been a good place to be. And Irv Smith is twice the athlete that Kyle Rudolph is. So should that opportunity open up? It almost did going into 2020. Kyle Rudolph almost left this team. But, uh, yeah, if you want a piece of Irv Smith, you got to get him before Rudolph's gone because his price will go through the roof immediately. Um, Yes, my guy is Dallas Goddard. You're right. Uh, And uh, with good reason, it has to be Dallas Goddard. Probably would have been on this top 12 list if he had played all season. He only played 11 games. Um, with some injuries and and one of those he only had one target because he got injured pretty quickly but look Zach Ertz is still on this team but they they owe him 12 million dollars this year the likelihood that they pay Zach Ertz 12 million dollars to play in 2020 to me is very low I think he's only an eight million dollar dead cap cut mm-hmm. so it, they they tried to package him I know they tried to package him in with, with Wentz in a deal couldn't make that happen. I expect them to continue to shop him. And if they can't, it would not surprise me if they released him and ate that $8 million instead of paying him $12 million because he's not producing for them anymore the way that he needs to produce. Look, he and Goddard both played six full games together, both of them out on the field. And Goddard was out targeting Ertz in five of those six games. Uh, the fact is they like him better. Jalen Hurts likes him better. Um, they played the same amount of games over the course of the season. They were different games because they were both injured, but they both played in 11 games. Goddard had more catches, more yards, more touchdowns, a better catch rate, more yards per catch, more red zone catches. In nearly every category, Goddard led these two guys. Ertz had more targets, but his catch rate fell out of the basement this year. Um, not good. 16 game paces with Jalen Hurts. Hurts is 40 catches, 500 yards versus Goddard's 60 catches, 650 yards. Neither of them scored, but um, we talked about Hurts last week a little bit as, as as far as what we expect out of that offense and him next year. We think he'll be just fine. Uh, and Dallas Goddard, I think, is going to be a big part about why 
he'll be just fine. Again, they have to make moves at the receiver core in the draft. They've got to let Ertz go in order for Goddard really to see his potential. But that potential is there for him to be top five should the right pieces fall into or out of place on the Eagles moving into 2021. Yeah, I think I made the take last year where, like, people were – I didn't really know why people drafted Dallas Goddard last year was kind of my take. And I was like, until he does, which was last year. Right. So I was like, when I see it, then I'll adjust. I saw it like now, now it's Goddard. And, and I don't want to say like, he's a, I don't know. Cause he's going like tight end eight right now. And I, or seven. So you're kind of making a bet on if Ertz is gone in a sense, because if Ertz is there, they're not going to keep around that much money tied up to him to not use him, right? He was banged up, kind of, like, injured. So I have a little, like, pushback on, like, if you're drafting now, if you're trading for him now, like, maybe don't give up a ton. Dynasty, maybe, if you're going to wait till next year, because Ertz will not be there next year. Uh, but I'd imagine that some team – I was surprised the Colts didn't get him, to be honest. I don't They might go back and get him or something. I don't really know uh, why – that trade couldn't get done, I guess. I don't know where else he would go. Um trying to think of teams, honestly. Jacksonville, man. Same team. Honestly, let me like, ask like, you this question then. So so um we talked about three guys here. We talked about Fant, Henry, and Goddard, and you said that they're going tight end six, seven, and eight mm-hmm. in tight end premiums right now. Of those three guys that are probably going in the same round. Um, within a handful of picks of each other, which guy are you taking if you're drafting right now, be it for dynasty purposes, or maybe you just have a really early redraft league, which guy are you taking? Uh, and is it because of potential upside or is it because of higher floors or what is it here? I think you have to take Fant from the aspect of you can't really lose your bet um, okay, if you're drafting right now and doing best balls, like I would be doing it here soon, like it's it, you're gambling, right? You're locking up money for what do math like nine months, right? That like so much changes in those nine months. You you have to place your 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 bets, your picks on players that you think if they go down in value, the other players around them are going to go down in value for, right? And there's just no way Noah Fant goes down in value right like because his role is locked in but that being said goddard has a much higher ceiling i would say henry's kind of just in the middle i don't really think like his ceiling or his floor is gonna like outmatch these guys so i feel like you just gotta go fan just because the, the if earth stays i'm gonna rate fan higher than goddard but that being said you could miss big i guess um okay let's say earth leaves Goddard's going as the tight end seven. Hypothetically, he's going to go as the tight end five over Hawkinson and Fant. But, like, he's going at pick 70 compared to Hawkinson going at 50. Do you think he goes all the way up at 50? Andrews is at 37. Like, how high in terms of, like, actual pick do you think he'll jump if uh, Ertz leaves? And let's say they they draft Jamar Chase. It's Jamar Chase, Rager, Goddard, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think Goddard will jump over Hawkinson. I think that was the right the right call if that happens. Um, and, and because of that, I'm taking Goddard now. I'm taking that gamble now because, again, it's not value, right? It's about production and to yeah. be the, the best possible production. So Fant, who's your pick, the risk with Fant is that offense doesn't get better than it was. And if that That's offense true. doesn't get better, he's not going to get better. The risk with mm-hmm. Goddard 
is that Ertz stays. Um, and if Ertz stays, he'll do what he did when Ertz was at the very least, I think he'll continue to do what Ert, he did while Ertz was on the field over the last couple of years. Going back to the last five or six games of 2019, Goddard was outpacing Ertz in almost every category. So I th- I'm more comfortable with a guy like Goddard if you're picking around that time. But you know what? You, I don't, you're, you're not wrong. I don't think Noah Fant's a big miss. Hunter Henry's tough to draft right now because I don't know where he's going to be. But uh, yeah. Yeah, those are all those are all guys that people will be considering because they won't take your advice and draft Travis Kelsey with the 102. How high would you go, Kelsey? Would you go at the 104 for Kelsey? Three. So, so in these leagues, these are like I think $35 leagues, and it's like they're big. They haven't released the championship. Like, um, this is on FFPC. So right now they just have like 12 man leagues. So it's tight end premium, full point PPR. So it's McCaffrey, Cook. Kelsey, Kamara, Saquon, Taylor, Henry. Honestly, that's probably how I would take it. Like, well, I don't know. Like, I might even take him at the two. Uh, No. I don't know. Derrick Henry at seven is insane. He's better than Barkley, Taylor, honestly, even maybe Kamara. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's it seems crazy. High as fuck is the right answer. Draft Travis Kelsey, damn yeah, it. But like, and then like Kittle's going, like the, the pick that I think is a little concerning is Kittle and Waller going at 11 and 13. Like I, I get the, like I'm saying draft tight ends, but like that seems kind of high. But I mean, players are drafted around them. Nick Chubb, Cam Makers, Eckler, Swift, Diggs, Hopkins. So like, it makes sense. I think you just got to lock up that guaranteed target share um, with these guys, especially in a best ball format where if you're getting – Oh, I don't even know. I mean, you shoot, if you're getting 25, 30 a week from Kelsey and locked in in best ball, you're sitting pretty good. Yep. All right, guys, that's it for tight ends. Look, draft the top end, guys. And if not, fuck value. Find production where you can. Um, obviously, at some point, we'll talk about tight ends again in the 2021 season. But hopefully it's not for a long, long time because there's so few worth really spending time with. Um, that's it for TCK episode 364. That's your tight ends. At Dweez Nuts, all Z's, no West is on Twitter. That's me. At Lucas underscore Kaser2. Uh, that's where you can find my guy, Lucas Kaser. Everybody else is where everybody else is. Uh, we are done for the day. We are out of here. You can uh, tune back in next week. I don't know what the shows are going to be, but I promise you this. They're going to be really fucking informative. I think uh, you and you and Bobby are doing coaching changes. I thought. Holy shit! There will be no more important episodes <laughs> of any show in the world than the coaching changes. I think over the next two weeks, that's all we're doing, if I remember correctly. Coaching changes, schemes on teams—that's what matters. So tune in to us next week. Before we leave today, before you X out this screen on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe to us so that you you get those Coaching Changes episodes immediately. Ring that little bell to make sure you're notified when these episodes drop. Follow us all. Talk to us all. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for us today. So y'all can fuck off. I don't think I'm supposed to say that on the show. That's how I sign off on my other podcast. Y'all have a great day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.